Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Gen Z Girl podcast. My name is Abby Aslan and I am the host. You guys, I am so pumped for this week's episode. I know this may not appeal to my entire audience, but I honestly think there is something that each and every one of you can get from this episode because I'm covering so many bases. This has honestly been highly requested and I mean I think it's for a number of reasons but um, I am just going to absolutely word vomit, thought vomit, do all of that (laughs) ordeal in this episode in regard to my majors, accounting and finance, like why I chose them. Um, career opportunities with them, the classes, that kind of thing. I'm going to go through the recruiting process in college with if you're an accounting major because it's something that I wish I would have known more about coming into college because no one freaking tells you anything until the whole process is done because you're even when you're going through it, you don't even know what's going on. And then I'm going to talk about um, my interview experience, um, some interview tips, some resume tips, um, and I'm going to answer a ton of questions that you guys have about internships and uh, resumes, classes, um, and just kind of like all kinds of different things. So it's going to be a little bit all over the place in terms of the topics, just because I'm going to be talking um, about, you know, interviews and um, all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to talk too much about my internship that I've already had because I do have a YouTube video on my channel um, already about that. And I didn't really want this episode to be about the internship I've already had because my big internship is this summer coming up. And um, the one I already had was really great and everything. But if you guys want to hear about that in detail, like things I learned and um, how it was and all of that kind of deal, you can go on my channel. Um, or if you just search Abby Aslan um, internship experience or something like that, it should come up. So anyways, um, I'm super excited for this because I have just been putting off recording this episode for so long. It's been a planned one since before this podcast even started. Um, Planned in the sense that I knew I was going to do it, but it took a lot of time for me to sit down, get all my thoughts together and plan this one. And I feel like I have so much knowledge about all of this now, now that I'm a senior. And I feel like it's really going to help those of you who are you know, freshmen, sophomore, juniors, and I really hope it does. Um, so let's just go ahead and get started. I'm so excited. Um, the quotes for today's episode, as you guys know, I always like to start off with quotes, and I really, really love this one. I love the person that said this one, and I just think it's great for all of you, no matter what your career or major is. So the quote is, maybe you know exactly what it is you dream of being, or maybe you're paralyzed because you have no idea what your passion is. The truth is, it doesn't matter. You don't have to know. You just have to keep moving forward. You just have to keep doing something. Seizing the next opportunity, staying open to trying something new. It doesn't have to fit your vision of the perfect job or the perfect life. Perfect is boring and dreams are not real. Just do. And that is by Shonda Rhimes. Um, so this quote is so great for so many reasons. I know I've talked about before. Um, I think it was like last week or the week before on the podcast. I just talked about 
um, you know, how I feel like in our generation, um, something that's good about our generation is that we do not settle for like less than what we want. And we're not, um, kind of here to have these careers and jobs that are just enough to pay the bills. And we want jobs that fulfill us and jobs that mean something to us. And I think that's great, but I think it's created this expectation in, um, college students and, uh, early, people or people who are early in in their career, just starting their career, it creates this expectation for those um, people that our first job needs to be the perfect job and it needs to be the final job. And then when we're surprised, once we get into the job and we're surprised that it's not perfect and it's not the final job and it's, you know, not fulfilling or it's not what we thought it was, um, we freak out and we just think we need to give up. And I think that our mindset with um, our careers kind of created that problem. But I think that everyone needs to realize that just because, you know, you don't really know what your passion is, like the quote said, or um, you don't really know what you want to be, it doesn't really matter. You don't have to know all of that um, because the whole point of internships and the whole point of jobs is to figure out what you're doing along the way because each thing that you're involved in and each thing that you do is going to provide you experience that gets you closer and closer to learning what you really want to do. A lot of people don't really start um, you know, their jobs with what they really want to do until they're in their 30s or 40s, and that's just life. And like the quote said, you have to keep moving forward and you just have to keep doing something. You can't get stagnant and you can't get complacent and you can't um, be closed-minded and scared to try something else. Like you have to just keep trying new things until you get to where you're going. And, you know, just because something isn't the perfect job or the perfect life, like the quote said, perfect is boring. Um, It doesn't have to fit that, you know, vision that you have in your head because sometimes, you know, you're wrong about what you want to do and it's just important to keep moving forward. So I really, really love that quote. So I'm going to keep my goal and gratitude super short and sweet this week just because I feel like this episode is going to be really long. Um, My goal for this week is to just get out of my head. I have felt so overwhelmed and so stressed lately. I don't really know what's going on. Um, I just feel like my head is just not in the right place lately and I just want to get out of my own head and stop overthinking things and stop like um, just getting overwhelmed about things that I can't control and I know I've talked about this on my YouTube channel and on podcasts. Um, I need to get better at um, reacting I guess to things that happen and better at reacting to my own thoughts because a lot of times I have thoughts and I react to them but my thoughts aren't even reality so I'm reacting to something that's not a reality and then it makes me uh, feel horrible and it's just pointless so (laughs) that's my goal for this week and my gratitude Um, honestly this is just a week where I'm thankful that I have an internship lined up for this summer because I was thinking about it when I was planning this episode and I realized that if I didn't have an internship this summer I would be looking for a job or maybe I would already have a job lined up or something if I had already done you know the big four internship or whatever at this point but I'm just really thankful that I like have a next step right now because I cannot imagine if I had the stress of looking for a job and recruiting or going through the interview process for a full-time job during the semester like a lot of other people do at this time but accounting is so different and it's just like so structured as you guys will hear about later um in college so I'm just really grateful that I have that like figured out right now the only thing I'm having to like stress about and worry about is you know like am I going to grad school or am I not and when am I going to take the CPA so those are like my 
big two life questions right now, but I'm trying not to rush myself into any decisions because I feel like that's um, something I've done in the past and I don't want to rush into anything. I want to thoroughly think everything through, um, really weigh out pros and cons, really um, get a feel for my internship this summer and just see how everything goes before I make any hasty decisions out of fear or out of a bad place. So I'm just really grateful to have an internship this summer and have a next step. So we're going to start off this episode with just what accounting is like in college, sort of like what, why I majored in it, um, the classes I've taken, the career opportunities for accounting uh, students, like the common path that accounting students take throughout college, like what it's like each year, and then um, what college is like in general as an accounting major and my worst and favorite class. So let's just go ahead and get into it. So for this first segment, why I majored in accounting and finance. So I actually applied to Alabama under psychology just because I straight up had no idea what I wanted to do. And then before school even started, I ended up switching into um, finance, I think was the first thing I switched into for the business school. So I like started out in the business school and everything. And I was a finance major just getting my uh, the remainder of my lower division courses done, which I finished all of them my freshman year. Um, and then I started upper division my so- like fall of my sophomore year. Um, so I just kind of was in finance and I was in finance my freshman year. I switched to like MIS at one point my freshman year, but I obviously didn't take any MIS classes just because I was once again doing the lower division classes and that was still within the business school. And then um, I switched to accounting. Um, I think it was during fall of my sophomore year because during fall of my sophomore year, I didn't take any major specific classes. Like I didn't take any accounting or finance classes. The only classes I took were like the 300 level classes, which is just like your marketing management Um, and then you have operations management for your 300 level classes. And then I took like the, our general business, uh, 300 level class. So I took like two or three of those. And then I had like one lower division class that I finished and that was kind of my schedule. So I wasn't in any, any major specific classes yet, but that semester was a semester that I decided I'm going to do accounting. And I decided because my introductory accounting course, I took the spring of my freshman year. Um, and it's just kind of like the one that you take as a lower division business student that all business students take and I loved my professor I sat front row I really understood it Um, there were definitely times where I didn't understand it but I studied for it a lot and I got like 97s on all of my tests and even like maybe like one 100 and I just worked really hard I did really well I enjoyed it I thought it was kind of fun in a sense because um, once it started making sense, um, I just really thought it was fun. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to switch to accounting. I have no idea what this is going to do. I have no idea what this means for me. But I liked this class, so we're just going to go in accounting. Um, so I did that, but I think I didn't do that actually until spring of my sophomore year. Fall of my sophomore year, I was still classified as a finance major. Um, and I was doing finance and I had a specialization in real estate at the time because I really, I've always loved real estate and I still do. Like I would not be surprised if I end up doing something involved with real estate in my career at any point because it has been something I've loved since I was a kid. I've loved looking at houses since I was a kid and just like I love everything about it. Um, and I get that from my dad a hundred percent. And so I was just taking, um, a specific like class for the real estate specialization. And then I was just taking those 300 level classes in the fall. Well, then when that fall, I just kind of, I was feeling a little bit like uncomfortable with the finance and real estate situation. I, it just didn't really feel right if that makes sense. 
And I actually met Griffin this semester and I met his dad and I went to dinner with his parents when they came in town one weekend that fall, like very, very early on, like before we started dating, like Griffin and I were just kind of like, you know, in that, not necessarily in the talking stage, like we had just met like three weeks ago and his parents came in the town and he just wanted me to meet them. And his dad is actually, um, he has a CPA and he has his law degree and his dad, you know, was like, you should do accounting and finance because I was telling them how I had a ton of credits already done so I didn't know if I, I knew I wanted the kind of double major but I didn't know if I wanted to do finance and econ or finance and accounting and you know he was telling me about accounting the career opportunities with accounting and how um, it's so much better and I was hearing this from everyone not just him um, I had professors and you know like just people that I had talked to that were in the field that were telling me it's so much better to do finance and accounting than just finance or to just do um, finance instead of accounting like because I was going to just switch to, um, or I was just going to stay in finance, but they were like, if you do anything, just do accounting because you can do finance with an accounting degree, but you can't really do accounting with a finance degree. And that's true to an extent for sure. So that's like a really long-winded explanation on why I chose it. But I majored in both because I would have graduated a year early if I would have just done accounting. And I really did not want to do that because I just didn't want to go into the real world when I was like freshly 21. And I can't imagine if I would be um, a year like, into a job right now like that's just insane um and that's just not what I wanted to do so I just did both and that's the story so the classes that you take um as an accounting and finance major I'm just going to go through these are all the upper division classes that I've taken and that I'm in like right now um that are specific to accounting and finance like I've obviously taken more classes than this in upper division um they're like all the business students are required to take but these are the finance and accounting specific classes so I took cost accounting, individual um, tax, intermediate one accounting and intermediate two, audit, corporate tax, government and nonprofit accounting, and accounting information systems. And those are the accounting classes. And that was in no specific order. Um, for finance, uh, I took intermediate microeconomics and intermediate macroeconomics, uh, financial institutions, I think is what it's called, money markets, investments, and financial management. And those are the finance classes. So a lot of you guys, um, I got some questions about like what career opportunities are there for accounting majors and I just thought this would be helpful for any of you who maybe do want to go into accounting or you're in accounting right now. Um, Obviously the big thing is taking like the CPA exam, which is like a four-part exam um, that you take that sort of makes your accounting degree worth something because if you just major in accounting and don't take the CPA exam, you really limit yourself with what you can do in your career um, because getting those three letters at the end of your name, like CPA it's just like having a doctor right before your name like it really qualifies you and takes your career to the next level um and if you want to be working at like a big four firm it's like a, definitely a certification you want to have so you know you, you could be like a CPA forensic accountant tax accountant uh, auditor you could work for the IRS or the government you could be a certified financial planner um a budget analyst financial analyst you could go into like actuarial or insurance accounting um within private you could be like a financial controller or you could work in departments and have positions like in accounts payable payroll etc um you could be a business valuation specialist you could um eventually work your way up to like a c-suite position like a cfo or something um i think accounting is a great 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 major if you want to own your uh, your own business one day i feel like it's the best way to kind of like learn everything that you possibly can if you're wanting to like own a business or run a company one day because I feel like what I have learned in accounting is so valuable for the real world and um, I just think that you know it's 
going to be so helpful with understanding businesses and their decisions and um honestly just understanding how the world works as far as like work and jobs and companies goes um sorry my mind just got kind of like dead there but (laughs) those are like some pretty common career opportunities obviously there's other things but those like I tried to sit down and like think of everything possible that I could and that's just kind of everything that I like were vomited onto my google doc so the next uh, thing I want to talk about is like the common path that accounting students take throughout their time in college so whenever you you know declare your major and you get into your upper division you kind of just start out by getting your name out there by going to your meet the firms event which is basically a career fair but just for accounting majors I know that this isn't specific to like Alabama I know that all you know schools normally have some kind of meet the firms situation basically just think of meet the firms as a career fair type of situation but it's all accounting majors and like mainly accounting firms um, like the big four and then uh, a lot of like regional firms and that kind of situation so you kind of start out by going to those um, but you just kind of go to kind of get a feel for all the companies and get your name out there But then you don't really start going through the actual recruiting process until your junior year. Um, And it specifically gets really heavy during spring of your junior year. And I'm kind of saying all of this based on like how it's been at Alabama. I know at smaller schools and even at other big schools, it's not the exact same. But the way it's been at Alabama, and I think it's this way because it's really competitive at Alabama. Um, It has a lot of structure and it's very like everything's done very early. So you typically go through recruiting during your junior year, especially during the spring, um, and you'll go to recruiting events uh, a lot during the fall where it's just going to be like dinners or you're going to go to like some venue and it's just going to be like a fun event where you talk to people who work in nearby cities, like the people who would come to us for our events where um, like one of the big four firms would come and host and all the big four firms pretty much did this and they would come and host some kind of event or dinner and they would have people come from our like top cities for Alabama which are Birmingham, Nashville, and Atlanta. So there'd be people from each of those locations that came from uh, different positions at that firm um, you know just throughout audit and tax and uh, you would talk to them and a lot of them were people who went to Alabama. Some of them were even interns who had um, already worked for the company and we're still at Alabama and you just go and you talk to those people uh, you you just spend the night with them really for like three hours and it's really intimidating I like absolutely hated going to these um, but I always would ask myself afterwards like why was I so stressed out but I would literally get so overwhelmed by them um, just because it's kind of like how you get your foot in the door to get interviews. So it's really important to go to all of those once you get invited. And then during the season of recruiting, like once it gets like actually in depth during the spring, you'll keep having those recruiting events, but it's kind of like you would go to one event and then you'd have an interview and some people, um, you would lose some people through the interview process because some people would like be dropped or whatever. I hate saying dropped. That doesn't sound right. But, (laughs) and then you would have another event that's a little bit more intimate and then you'd have another round of interviews uh, and more people would you know not be a part of the interview process anymore and then you'd have like something a lot more intimate and then yeah it just goes from there so that's how that goes and the interview process gets more in depth Um, a lot of the times your interviews may be um, you know online like I did video interviews a lot and I did a few in-person interviews Um, There's typically like two days where someone will, people will come to campus from the firm and just do all their interviews. So you'll have to do those on top of your classes. You'll be going to all these recruiting events on top of your classes. 
and doing all these interviews, but you may have some video interviews where you like literally record yourself and you get prompted questions, or you may just have like a Skype type of interview. So that's kind of how that goes. And then um, the way it worked here is if you wanted to get an internship for this like spring of your senior year, which is like the most common thing to do is to um, basically have an internship during your last semester of college uh, with one of the big four specifically. And sometimes not even the big four do that. Like other firms and companies besides the big four will do this, but you would have an internship during this semester, like basically that I'm in right now. um, And you would come back around the end of March, I think. And then you do like a mini semester where you normally take like uh, just one class condensed and you go like every day of the week or something. So that's normally how it works. But in order to secure at Alabama, in order to secure an internship for the spring or summer, um, like the spring of your senior year or the summer following your senior year, we had to go through the interview process during the spring of my junior year. So a full year in advance. And that's just how it worked here. And I know it may not be that early other places, but that's just how it is here. And that really confused a lot of people who watch my videos when I was going through that process really early. But that's just how it works. And um, you'll normally get an offer, I think, around April. It really honestly just depends every year. And then I did my office visits like in May and it was during finals week. So like early May, late April. And unfortunately, yes, it is during finals week. And that really messed with my finals week last uh, spring. So that's just kind of how that goes. Um, And I know a lot of you guys were probably like curious about that because it's definitely a complicated process. I'm so sorry if you can hear like a lawnmower or whatever right now, but that is conveniently happening while I am recording. So please just ignore it. I'm trying to talk over it. And in college, um, if you just want to know what being an accounting major is like, it is very demanding. Um, it's definitely one of the hardest and most demanding classes, or not classes, majors you can have as a business student. Um, like, for example, we have an accelerated master's program at the University of Alabama for business school students and probably other students in other colleges as well. But the accelerated master's program is offered to every single major in the business school except for accounting. You can't really do um, the whole situation where you get your bachelor's and master's within four years with accounting just because it simply is not possible. Um, And that's just how it is. So we don't have that accelerated master's situation for accounting. Um, So that's how that is. But you can get all of that done in five years. Like you can get your master's and your bachelor's within five years, but it doesn't work within four years uh, like some of the other majors may work uh, with. So usually like your professors are um, really successful and they're really knowledgeable about what they're teaching. I've like all of my professors have had like work experience within accounting and have come to be professors and they're really great people. And a lot of people think of accounting as being like very math heavy, but it's really just like learning a different language and learning a language that is just like knowing how numbers are related in a way. And um, the math really doesn't get much more complicated than your simple multiplication, division, um, addition, subtraction, that kind of thing. And a lot of people like, I feel like a lot of people don't like accounting majors, like in the business school specifically. Like I know people who just like openly think that accounting majors are the worst and annoying or whatever, and maybe it's because they talk about it a lot, but it's just because it really does consume your life. Um, but I think that's really true about a lot of majors, honestly. So just ignore that. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of recruiting events, um, and accounting is very appealing to a lot of people because it's probably one of the more structured majors in college. And the job placement um, rates for universities with accounting, like within accounting, the job placement, I feel like is a really high percentage. 
just because it's so structured to have like such a structured internship plan really I mean like where you go through you go to meet the firms and you go to recruiting events and then you go to your more intimate recruiting events as you go through interviews you have the interviews you have your spring internship or summer internship and then you hopefully get a job offer if that's what you want to do and then you accept it and boom you have a job so it's just very structured and that's something that I really liked um because I feel like finance it was just like there were so many kids and you were really just like on your own and it's kind of like you take your classes and besides your classes it's just kind of like good luck Charlie like hopefully you get a job and you're on your own looking for one but I feel like accounting especially at Alabama it's so like I feel like the whole internship and job process is so intertwined with like the major itself and the classes so I feel like the professors are helping you along the way in a sense and I just really enjoyed that so um I got I know that you guys probably want to know this and I think I did get a few questions about this so I'm just going to go ahead and answer this one now while we're talking about the college aspect um you guys are asking what my worst class and favorite class was within accounting my favorite was probably government and nonprofit accounting I had a really really good teacher and I just thought it was so interesting because it's so different than public accounting because it's like not the same at all and it was just I don't know it kind of made sense and it was just like we did a project throughout the entire semester which was really annoying and it made me hate the class at times but having that project going throughout the whole semester and then learning what we were learning as we went everything just made so much sense and I feel like I remember a lot of what I learned which isn't really the case with other accounting classes I've had and um, I just it was also the only accounting class for upper division that I got an A in so maybe that's why I liked it I don't know (laughs) but my least favorite was definitely audit and accounting information systems. Absolutely hated both of them. I had good teachers for both, but they were so boring in my opinion. I hated studying for them. I hated going to class. Couldn't stand them at all. So now I'm going to talk about a little bit more about recruiting in college, and I'm just going to like kind of give you guys tips for it, and um, just kind of like how to handle like the recruiting events and the dinners, and how to pitch yourself, and um, all that kind of stuff. So Basically, I started my recruiting process. I started going to meet the firms fall of my sophomore year just because, um, or no, it was spring of my sophomore year because that's when I took um, intermediate accounting one and it was literally a requirement for us to go. And I actually, that's how I got my first internship, which was the summer after my um, sophomore year. So like that internship pretty much came right after that semester ended. Um, But that's because it was with a private oil and gas company in Houston within their accounting department. And it wasn't like with a big four firm. So it wasn't like this long, extravagant interview process like I just did on campus interviews. And then I found out I got a position and I was like, what the heck? How did this happen? So it was actually really funny because it was my very first meet the firms. I lost my keys. So I was an hour late because I could not find my keys. And um, since I didn't have my keys, I couldn't get my resumes out of my car, which you absolutely have to have. Um, and then I remember Griffin was like driving me around that afternoon, like helping me find my keys. So I showed up an hour late, couldn't talk to all the people I wanted to talk to because I was an hour late. Not that it mattered because it's not like people know you show up an hour late, but still, um, showing up, it limits the amount of time you have to talk to people. And, um, they were actually the, the company that I got the internship with were the first that I talked to at my very first meet the firms, which I just thought was hilarious because I was so overwhelmed about it. And I was like, 
of course, the first internship I have is going to be from the first people I talked to at my very first Meet the Firms. So that's kind of like when I started the whole recruiting process. And now I'm going to go over how to pitch yourself. So a pitch is basically just like what you say whenever you walk up to someone at Meet the Firms or at a career fair or um, not really during an interview. This is kind of like you could use your pitch as how you answer the uh, tell me about yourself question. But pitching is something that you definitely need to know how to do. Um, you may have heard it referenced as like an interview pitch, that kind of thing. But basically what I would say is I would say my name, my year, what I'm majoring in, when I'm graduating, and what I was looking for. So obviously they know I attend the University of Alabama. Um, so I would walk up to whoever it is and at the Meet the Firms event and I would, you know, walk up, have a big smile on my face and, you know, like obviously have like good posture have a very firm handshake with the person and look them in the eyes. And um, if they didn't say anything to me immediately, which they usually don't because they expect you to initiate the conversation, I would shake their hand. And um, right after I shake their hand, I would say, hi, my name is Abby Aslan. I am a sophomore, if I was a sophomore or whatever, double majoring in accounting and finance and specializing in professional accounting. I'm graduating in May of 2020 and I am looking for an internship next spring next summer whenever it is and that was just my pitch it's really simple interview pitches I feel like are normally longer than that but like you don't need like this whole long strung out thing when you're going to career fairs and meet the firms you just need something that tells that recruiter you know this person is majoring in this one thing so they're qualified for this position they're graduating at this time so I know when I can place them this is what they're looking for and when they're looking for and um that just kind of like really helps them figure that out. And I would, I guess once I got further along, that's kind of like how my first pitch was. But as I got further along, it was more of like, hi, my name is Abby Aslan. I am a double major in finance and accounting, specializing in professional accounting. I graduate in May of 2020 and I am looking for a spring internship in tax in Houston, something like that. So I would get more specific as I figured out what I was doing. But if you don't really know what you're doing yet, just keep it to how I said it the first time. So that's kind of like a way to structure how to pitch yourself. So now I'm going to get into what the whole Meet the Firms event is like, um, what to do at Meet the Firms and after Meet the Firms. So you definitely want to go into it with a lot of resumes inside of some kind of portfolio or folder, bring a pen, some sticky notes or some kind of notepad or paper. Uh, definitely dress business professional wear comfortable shoes because you'll be standing for a long time and you know don't wear anything that's going to make you too hot but you definitely need to be in some kind of pantsuit situation or like a very appropriate skirt or dress uh, situation if you are a woman and then obviously a suit if you're a male um, so basically research the firms that you want to talk to beforehand because you can definitely acquire some sort of list of who's going to be there uh, as far as like the firms and companies goes and you can see if they have locations in the city you want to go to because like for example Birmingham's not going to have like every single location of you know for firms and stuff and like smaller areas won't and you know there's obviously regional firms so like pe uh, firms that are mainly located in the southeast aren't really going to have any locations out west that type of thing so just basically you don't want to look like an idiot and walk up to a table and say you're looking for uh, position in a certain specific city and then them not have a branch there because that just shows you didn't do your research so just definitely I mean and you don't have to know like everything about the company but just know if they have a location there pretty much and then make sure that they even have an internship program which they probably do if they're going to be at your meet the firms or career fair event and then make sure that you know like you have an idea of where you want to go whenever I was 
a sophomore and I was going to meet the firms and stuff, I didn't know for sure where I wanted to be. Um, I was kind of just applying anywhere and I just ended up to get getting one in Houston, which was crazy because that's like where my boyfriend's from and everything. But that's the one internship I ended up getting. But I applied to some that were in Nashville. I applied to some that were in Atlanta. Um, but basically, you don't want to say to recruiters that you're open to going wherever because it just makes their life harder. They want you to say like at least have options. Like you don't have to know the exact place, but you need to at least know like two or three places because you're going to put down location preferences and it just makes your life and their life harder if you don't have a location preference. So definitely have one. I know it seems like you're looking more flexible if you say you're open to going anywhere, but trust me, that's not what you want to say. So definitely start, like I said, with a firm handshake when you walk up to a table. Um, They may or may not say who they are first, but if they don't, that's just when you go anything, go in with your pitch. And then you want to start out with surface level questions and then ask like two or three deeper questions. So the surface level questions can be like, oh, like what um, position do you have at this company? Uh, Which location are you at? How long have you been working there? That kind of thing. And then your deeper questions. um, I'm going to provide like a list of questions to ask in interviews in a little bit in this episode. But these are also really great questions to ask or pull from for meet the firms and career fair events. But you don't really want to spend more than a few minutes with the people you talk to, like the recruiters, unless you really hit it off and they're like sitting there carrying on the conversation with you. That only happened to me once where I like talked to someone for like 15 minutes, but it's just because we had like, he knew someone from my hometown and it was just like was really weird because I came from a small place that like no one really like knows anyone at. And we just ended up talking for a long time because we just like hit it off. But you don't want to spend more than two or three minutes um, or four minutes with uh, the recruiters because there are a ton of people they need to talk to and they, you know, you just need to make a lasting impression with the questions you ask and the pitch you give, basically. And then at the end, definitely like after you've finished talking to them and asking questions, um, just look at them and thank them for their time and ask if you can leave a copy of your resume with them if they haven't asked for it already. And then ask for their business card in return as you're getting your resume out to hand to them. Um, and then something that I found very helpful, and this also helped with my like social anxiety, like whenever I would go to these events because I'm a huge introvert and it really, I would like get so, like the month of Meet the Firms every semester because I went three or four times. Every single time when that month came around, I was like, oh no, it's Meet the Firms month. And I would just be so overwhelmed the whole month up until the day of. And I would dread it so hard. Like I literally hated it so much. And it was just funny because like my boyfriend is the complete opposite of me. Like our personalities types on Myers-Briggs are quite literally the exact opposite. And he is just such an extrovert and he loves those things. He loves talking to people. He can talk to a brick wall. Me on the other hand, those kind of things are very important for me or, or not very important, very overwhelming for me. Um, and I think it's because I overthink them. I think about how like my whole like career um, is writing on this one event, which is not true, but I overcomplicate it in my head and think of it as that. And I just get stressed that I'm going to have like an awkward situation or someone's not going to like me or I'm going to forget to say something. I just always get anxious about the awkwardness of it, I think. But anyway, something that helped me a lot was each time I talked to someone um, from a company or firm, I would step aside, like either step out of the main room that the meet the firms is in, because it's usually in like a huge ballroom or something if you go to a big school. I would step out of the room, like maybe go to the bathroom, um, maybe not every single time go to the bathroom, but just kind of step aside away from the crowd 
and jot down on the back of the person's business card that I just talked to something that we talked about that I could use in my follow-up email later um just because I think that doing that like will help you because like once you talk to so many people your conversations are going to run together and you're not going to remember what you talked about with each person and then I would write a description of like what the person looked like because it helped me recall the conversation any uh even more and it just helped me for my follow-up emails a lot so just write down you know like maybe the questions you ask them or just a few just a few like quick details about them don't spend like an hour writing a paragraph about them but just jot down a few quick notes about them on the back of their business card and keep it in your little portfolio portfolio or folder I said that's so weird so that's really important um and then you also just need to assume that you will be doing all of the talking and asking all the questions so be prepared for that I remember going into my first meet the firms I kind of thought they I knew that I needed to be asking a lot of the questions but I thought that they were going to be asking more but I I mean most of the time they didn't ask a single question and if they did it was like like where do you want to go and that was before I like decided where I wanted to go for sure and I didn't have it in my pitch so just you know be wary of that and understand that you're going to be the one doing all the talking and asking all the questions I mean they'll be doing a lot of the answering the questions but you just need to know that you're going to be guiding the conversation I guess is what I should say So the next important thing um, that you want to make sure you do after your Meet the Firms or Career Fair event is to follow up with the people you talk to. This is huge. Um, You just want to send them a very brief email. Please do not make it long or go into detail. So just thank them for their time briefly and say you enjoy getting to know about blank about them, something you may have found out about them, like if they had like a dog that had the same name as yours or something like that, or you enjoy talking about something with them um, as a reference from the conversation you had that stood out. Because that's how you help them put a face to your email name and um, to your name in general um, so that they they remember that you followed up. And that's just really important to like have those little nuggets from your conversations that you have with the people that you know they will remember and that you know you remember because it stood out. So that's why it's important to ask like good questions because if you just ask very general questions that they get asked all day long – they're probably not going to remember you and you're really not going to have anything to pull for your follow-up email from the conversation to reference. So if you need to, um, if they haven't already told you this, one more thing you can say in the email, uh, you can just ask if there's any further steps you need to take as far as like getting involved in the interview process or recruiting process for that specific company or firm. But it's just really important to keep it brief because they will get a lot of follow-up emails. So now basically... For I'm just going to like talk about dinners and like recruiting events really quickly. Um, I think that first of all, first and for- foremost, if you have any desire at all, like in the slightest to work for a company, you need to go to every single freaking event that they send you through email or invite you to. Because I will tell you guys right now, the firm that I went to every single recruiting event and dinner for is the one that I got an offer from. And then the one that I like, didn't really I didn't start the internship and like recruiting process until a little bit later with one firm and since I started it so much later than so many of my like colleagues that I like am in classes with and stuff and I got involved in it later I feel like that really hurt me because I didn't go farther than like the first round of interviews with that firm so just keep that in mind um that if you have any interest at all go to every single thing they invite you to um so that's really important And then for like the dinners and recruiting events, it's just important to pair up with someone um, in the area you're planning on working on, working in location wise. Like for me, since I wanted to go to Houston, there was obviously like nobody from Houston 
at these events so for me I just like kind of just like found a group and talked to them or uh but it's also important to just kind of make sure you talk to different people like you'll probably stick by the same few people all night but if you have the opportunity make your rounds you don't have to keep it like as short as like five minute conversations like you definitely want to have longer conversations than that with people especially at dinners because you're going to be sitting at a table with these employees of the company or firm and um you just need to make sure you can like have a conversation with them the whole time and you don't have to talk about like accounting and finance the whole time like you can ask um what they typically do on the weekends or you know like something that they're involved in in their community like you could literally ask all kinds of stuff but normally the conversation is pretty easygoing and I feel like at those type of events at like the dinners and stuff they're they start to ask you more questions at those things because they're trying to get to know you but you're also trying to get to know them so it's just really important to make sure you ask a lot of questions especially if you get paired with not I don't want to say get paired because you're not like assigned someone but um just make sure that you know you're ask you have a lot of questions in your head that you could potentially ask um obviously you don't want to get too scripted because then you'll get overwhelmed if you like forget what you're gonna say but I think that um you may get with someone who's not very talkative so it's important to be prepared um to talk if you are paired with someone like that or not paired but if you're with someone like that uh definitely send a follow-up email to whoever you talk to they'll probably give you your business card and if they don't ask for it and you can just send a follow-up email and just say like hey it was really nice um sitting by you at dinner Last night, uh, definitely send these follow-up emails for the career fairs and meet the firms and for these recruiting events within 24 hours. Uh, I really don't think you need to send the follow-up emails from like recruiting events and dinners and stuff if uh, you've met them more than once. But like that first initial dinner or recruiting event, I think it's nice. Like I didn't do this for everything. I don't think. I think I only did this for one company. Um, I sent the follow-up emails after the first recruiting event, but after that, you pretty much get to know the same people and you're like just getting to know them even more or you're with different people. And, um, I just think that it's important uh, to send those just as a nice gesture. So definitely just be prepared to ask the questions and be prepared to answer questions. Um, remain relaxed and calm. Like a lot of times there's games involved. Like one of ours was like, uh, casino themed and there was like a lot of raffle giveaways. And then like we played, we like played mock like gambling games or whatever and it was fun and everything and you just have to know how to like have a good time and like be professional at the same time but also one thing I want to stress is to not like stress about your friends I would always get so stressed out because I felt like a lot of my friends like were going to Nashville for example and they all they got to like have a buddy with them when they would like be talking to some employees so like for example instead of like just being by themselves and talking to like a group of employees at work there they would have their friend with them so both of them could be answering questions and both of them could be asking questions so it makes it a little bit less overwhelming but you cannot like worry about or count on having a friend with you because 99% of the time I was by myself um, and I didn't know the people I was sitting at the table with uh, that were also students and I just think it's important to just not think that you have to like remain by your friend's side for those type of things because I thought I needed to at first and I thought it would help me a lot at first but then I just had to learn you know what it's okay that I know that they're here but I'm not with them that's totally fine so now going into my interview experience I just want to like kind of run through my like life and in interviews I guess I could say um as far as like interviews in college have gone I've had quite the journey you guys once again, interviews have been, always been something that have just given me so much like stress and anxiety and I would just dread them. Um, my first few interviews in college, like my freshman year, I interviewed to be a part of like 
multiple organizations my freshman year and I did not get a single one of them but it was probably just because I was a nervous wreck and I also just didn't really have much on my resume because I wasn't like in a sorority so like I didn't have anything from my freshman year really on there besides like a volunteer thing I did and that was it so while other people had like stuff that they were doing in their sorority or something like that so it was really hard my freshman year and I would get really nervous for my interviews just because it was intimidating I mean honestly it's just intimidating and I'd have a really shaky voice the entire time like it would be really hard for me to like fully answer my questions because my voice was shaking so bad um and that's just like tragic but I'm gonna tell you guys like two like brief funny stories with interviews that were just like interview nightmares like absolute nightmares like I can't believe these things happen still to this day so one thing I interviewed for um at UA it was within it was I don't want to say it's like a prestigious thing in the business school because I mean it is prestigious and it's a great role to have but it's not like you have to have like all these xyz certain you know pinhole like qualifications to be in it but my freshman year which I don't know why I interviewed for it my freshman year because I was just not ready for it. And this was just something that was like so far outside of my comfort zone. But I'm so thankful I had this interview because it went so terribly that like now I've had that terrible experience and I was able to get through that and like learn from it. So this one organization um, I was interviewing for and I remember before the interview, I was sitting in a room with like three or four other people and like people would come and go like as they got called and a lot of the people who were in the room with me were like juniors or seniors wanting to be a part of this and they were talking about their classes and like how hard they were and how they were like getting f's on their first test and like they were people who were in like finance and accounting and I'm just like oh my gosh like is this what my future looks like so I was already getting stressed about that which was like my first mistake and then I go into the interview and it's three people interviewing me and um it's going well and everything it's fine and then in early in the interview uh whenever they're kind of like talking about where I'm from one of the girls like just happened to know um someone from my hometown that I like or someone related to someone that I was best friends with in my hometown and when I told them that I was like best friends with that person that they knew that was a relative of my best friend they got the most sour look on their face like I don't know what kind of like drama there was or whatever but I could tell that I should not have said I was like good friends with that person that was related to the person that I knew because I was just like, okay, I feel like this is really uncomfortable and awkward now. And it just made me feel like I had just lost the position already because of the way the person was looking at me in the interview. And I was just like, this is bad. This is really bad. Then to make matters worse, they asked me um, to like one of my questions in the interview was what my favorite karaoke song was like what my go-to karaoke song was totally came out of left field like I had done well and like early on in the interview with everything besides that one like awkward encounter this question came and I was like I don't even remember what song I said it was literally like some 70s or 80s song and I was like okay first of all why second of all like it was just the first thing that came to my mind so I said it and then they asked me to sing it. Not only did they ask what my favorite karaoke song was, which now I feel like I could quickly answer that and I'd be fine. And I could also be asked this next thing um, that I'm going to tell you guys. Or if they asked me to sing it, I'd probably be fine now too, now that I've had more interview experience. This was probably my second interview I had ever done in college. And it was just like so shocking to me that I was being asked to sing and that I was asked what my favorite karaoke song was. So little freshman me is just like, okay like I'm a terrible singer and this is really uncomfortable but this was like a very involved like leadership position so that's why they were asking this um and it was something where I'd have to be very social for 
which I feel like now I could do, but my freshman year, I wasn't in the place where I was like social enough to do this position, but I was interviewing it for it anyways. So I go to like sing this song and I don't, I really cannot remember what song it was, but I knew the words, but I was singing it to the tune of a completely different song. So they were just looking at me like I was an idiot basically. And the interview was pretty much over after that. So that was really terrifying and horrible. And then I remember for my, um, business fraternity I'm in my interview for that I like I kind of knew of two of the people who were interviewing me because it was students interviewing me as opposed to like faculty um and the students who were interviewing me I knew who they I I didn't know their names but I've like definitely seen their faces before and I did not like that at all like I didn't like students interviewing me I'd rather have like people I don't know at all interviewing me and I don't know why I was so nervous for this because I was only applying to this because my friend wanted me to be in it with her and I I just had a insanely shaky voice during this interview and it, it like made me so uncomfortable because I was just like these people probably have seen me in their classes and they're like this girl cannot do an interview to save her life and I just felt very uncomfortable because of that so that was another like poor experience I had but I ended up getting into the business fraternity so like <laughs> clearly it was okay and they understood that I was nervous but I like was very shocked that I was my voice was so shaky in that one because I wasn't really that nervous for it at all. Um, and then another interview I had, this is actually one of my big four interviews, and this was not um, ideal at all. So I had signed up because it was like an on-campus interview, and I had signed up for my interview to be at like 3.30, I think. And I got out of class at 3.15, so I had just told my professor I was going to leave my um, class a little bit early just so I could get there on time and like find the room and everything because it was on campus in a building that was like a 10-minute walk away. So... I leave class, like I use the bathroom, I walk over to the building, find the room, I'm 10 minutes early, like everything's great, and then they send me to the back where, um, like after I like checked in with the career center, and um, they tell me, when I tell them that I'm there for my interview, they were like, uh, your interview says it was an hour ago, and I almost lost it, I like almost started crying on spot, because I was like, this is literally a big four interview, like this cannot be happening right now, I there's no way I messed this up I am you know so organized and I have I've had this in my google calendar for like literally a month and I you know double triple checked the email with my you know event in my calendar and I was freaking out so then they just tell me to sit down and that they'll um see if they can like fit me enough for the interviews that they were having at the moment because they were the last interviews that they had scheduled um on the day but it turns out that something happened with their system and it happened to a few other students too where the times like got messed up or something like whenever you booked your time on my end it showed that time but on their end it showed a different one so something happened there so I felt a lot better when they told me that but initially I was very stressed out and it kind of like when I went and sat down in the room to interview because I had interviewed with two different people uh separately I um was very apologetic and then you know they told me they were like no this like this happened like and this has happened to a few other students I said you're not the first one it happened to so I was able to take take a deep breath and I kind of told them I was like wow I'm way more relieved now I was definitely like really nervous about coming into this interview after that and those interviews went really really well and um I was really happy that I was able to like turn around my attitude quickly about it but it did help that um I realized it wasn't my fault and it was like the system so and then for a video interview I had for a big four firm 
Um, I had someone like was looking at my transcript, which I've never had this happen before either. And they saw I made a C in intermediate accounting too. And they asked me, they said, you know, like what happened? Like, why'd you get a C? And I thought that was so like, I mean, it's understandable. Like they want to know like why you got one, especially if like the rest of your grades are good. Um, and I thought I wasn't prepared to answer that, but like, obviously I was able to say, you know, like talk about it and everything. So that really threw me off. And then another question I got in that same video, like live video interview, um, was about a recent like paper I had written. And as an accounting and finance major, the only papers you really write are like in your lower division, like English and literature classes and occasionally like history or whatever. But luckily, I had just wrote like a 14-page paper in one of my finance class, or it wasn't a finance class. It was my intermediate macroeconomics class. So I was able to talk about that because I had done it the previous semester. And I was so thankful that I had that because I would have had to sit there and like just make something up because it had been so long since I wrote something besides that one paper. So those are just some of my like, just to make you guys feel better. I feel like those are lighthearted, funny things that happened to me. And um, I feel like since I've gone through all of those things, I'm so much more stronger of like an interviewee now. And I've also been an interviewer for my business fraternity before. And I feel like being on the other side has really helped too. So if you ever have an uh, opportunity to like be someone who interviews people, I feel like it really helps um, you as an interviewee for your future interview. So I definitely recommend doing that. And just a few interview tips um, before the interview. I think it's really nice if you have time to like exercise lightly, definitely do so because it really gets your endorphins flowing. And I feel like you don't feel as stressed going into it. Don't dwell on it all weekend day like I said already that I've done. Eat fuel, eat food that fuels you so you don't crash afterwards. Don't drink too much water because you'll probably randomly have to pee in the middle of your interview because interviews normally last at least 30 minutes. Um, and before you go in, this is something that my brother told me that he did that my dad told him to do that my dad also does. Um, and it's to look at yourself in the mirror, which sounds crazy, but I know a lot of people like are understanding of this kind of stuff nowadays. Um, but to look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, like look yourself in the eyes and tell yourself, I am capable of getting this position and I have what it takes to succeed in it. Something along the lines of that, like I am made for this job, for this internship, whatever it is. Um, just having that like moment where you're just like looking at yourself and affirming those words, like it's just really powerful. And I feel like that just boost your confidence to a whole other level and I just really think that the interviews that I've done that um for beforehand have gone so much better than the interviews where I didn't do that um definitely be adjust dressed appropriately you know in business professional clothes pantsuit for women um don't really wear any heavy perfume that's one that I feel like people don't really think about just because it can be like overwhelming to the person interviewing you um don't wear like a lot of jewelry and don't wear uncomfortable clothes or shoes of course Bring copies of your resume, even if they already have your resume, bring them just in case because it shows you're prepared and you never know if there's going to be like an extra person there interviewing you that's going to need one and they look at your resume um, before you come in so that they know what to ask you. Um, and just like how I said at Meet the Firms and at Career Fairs, you want to start with a firm handshake with everyone in the room before you sit down. So as soon as you walk in the room, walk up to each person that's going to be interviewing you um shake their hand firmly make eye contact and say hi I'm Abby nice to meet you or you can ask their names as you shake their hands I just feel like if you walk in like first of all going in with like a confident and firm handshake with eye contact gives you another like sense of confidence and makes you feel better for your interview and I think that that's one thing that can really make you stand out rather than just like 
walking in, awkwardly sitting down and just waiting on them to talk to you, if you know what I mean. Um, throughout the interview, maintain eye contact, sit up straight, uh, keep your hands in your lap so you're not like fiddling with anything on the desk. I know that I do that or I like mess with my hands if I don't like keep my hands like firm in my lap. Um, so that's just like a little pro tip. <laughs> um, and if you ever are talking about a problem you've had in the workplace or if you're talking about like your weaknesses, um, if you're asked that question or something, or if you're just mentioning anything in general that's like inherently in and of itself negative, always counter it with a positive um, and something that you did or you are doing to improve it. So like if you're saying my greatest weakness is um, that I procrastinate, you need to counter it and say like my greatest weakness is that I procrastinate, but lately I've been um, working hard with keeping an agenda so that I'm making sure I'm achieving things on time as I go rather than putting them off until the last minute. Um, something that shows that you're taking initiative with something that you recognize it you've had a problem with same thing with like if you're answering the question about like a problem you've had in the workplace with someone um, if you say like oh there was like this conflict we had but um, I did this to help solve it or I did this to make sure it doesn't happen again or I was in the wrong in this way but I know that this won't happen again because of this step that I took something along the lines of that just make sure you counter it with something positive um, speak slowly, give yourself a few seconds rather than just immediately start talking right after they ask a question so that you can get your thoughts together because it's better to take a few seconds um, of just silence. It may seem awkward, but trust me, it's way more professional for them to just ask a question and then for you to just sit for like two or three seconds and think and then start talking rather than just starting rambling as soon as they ask you the question because you're more likely to lose your train of thought in the direction you want to take with your answer. And then the most important, I feel like this is one of the most important interview tips I can give. Always, always, always ask at least one question at the end when they ask you if you have any questions. I promise you that it is literally hurting you if you do not, if you say you don't have any questions at the end. Um, and this now leads me into interview questions to ask, um, to ask the people who are interviewing you. And these are also great questions you can use for your career fair or meet the firms type of events or for any recruiting events or dinners you may have. So I have always been told at um, in interviews, both in interviews and at Meet the Firms events, that I have really good questions. And it's because I took so much time to really curate a list, um, like on my phone and my notes that I can pull from. So that's what I'm pulling from right here. And I didn't do every single one of them because I could sit here for a while, but I tried to do some that I've gotten the best reaction to that I feel like are the most general but still specific. So one you could ask is... Um, I really like this one because I personally just like to hear this and I think it's just a really great question to ask. So if you ask, in what ways has working at this company helped you grow as a person? Love this question. It gives the person an opportunity to talk about themselves. Um, it really makes the person like reflect on how where they work has changed them as an individual. And I love hearing the answers to these questions because it really gives you insight into what working for the company will do to you as a person if someone like has like not that good of an answer to this question it makes me question um kind of like what working at the company would be like if that makes sense uh one thing you can do if they're young you can ask what goals they have for themselves or where they'd like to be in five or ten years but don't ask that question to someone that's like older because they've already established their career and they're probably going to retire in the position they're in um, or they're just going to like transfer to another company or something. If they're older, you could just ask, you know, like what one piece of advice would you give to me going through this uh, interview process, this job search process or this recruiting process? 
Or you could say, what one thing would you go back and say to yourself um, when you were my age, um, when you were going through this process? I think those are really good questions. You can ask someone that's a little bit older. Um, You can ask what a typical day in the life of a person with that position looks like, or if they're an intern, um, or if you're looking for an internship role, you can say, what does a typical day in the life of an intern look like? What are some roles I may have? And what are some projects I may be working on? Um, You can ask, what is something that previous interns um, or someone in this position um, done that really stood out to you or stood out to um, people at your company? I really like that question because that kind of like tells you something that has made them remember a past intern so that you can do the same thing or work to do something better whenever you have the role. Um, Another question I really like, I like to ask, what is the most challenging part of your job or and or the most rewarding part of your job? I really love hearing answers to that question because I feel like I get different answers every time, but it's one of those questions where you would think that you get the same answer every time, if that makes sense. Um, I I really like asking this one at um, career fair, like meet the firm events. Uh, I like to ask just because this is like a quick question to answer and this is a really good one to pull for your follow-up email just because I feel like this gets them to really specifically talk about themselves um, and something that you may relate to. So if you ask, what was your transition like going from school to working full-time? I really like that question. Um, I think that it gives you a way to like say like, it was great to hear how you managed the transition from you know being a full-time student to being a full-time employee. Um, and I definitely hope I can you know implement that into my life when I make that transition. Like you could say something like that in the email basically is what I'm saying. And then another great question is, what is something about your company that you feel is unique in comparison to others? 95% of the time they're gonna say their culture just because that's the Kool-Aid they want you to drink. But um, I just think that that's like probably what anyone is like I don't want to say trained to say but that's just what everyone's going to say when you ask that question pretty much but it's still a good question to ask but I would say more people ask that question than people who don't ask that question but it's still a good one to ask because you never know you may get a different answer um so the next question that I like to ask uh oh wait no I'm done but ultimately people just love to talk about themselves and if you can ask the person you know pertinent questions about themselves and their job you'll be in good shape. Um, You know, it's really not that complicated, but if you feel like the list I gave you was not, like, good enough, go on Google and search, like, unique uh, interview questions to ask. Or one thing I did, I looked up Reddit on Reddit. I would, like, type in Google. I would type in Reddit accounting interview questions or something like that because people will put what they ask and they'll say like that people like responded really negatively to the question or really positively there's some really funny stories on there like I read it's really funny I don't know I loved looking at reddit for my whole um interview and internship recruiting process I honestly got the most help in the world from reddit so definitely check reddit out especially if you're an accounting major so now I'm going to answer the questions that you guys um asked me on the podcast instagram page which is just at gen z girl podcast Definitely, definitely, definitely follow the Instagram because I love to make little graphics for it. I always post, I don't always post the quotes of the episode, but I try to um, either on the story or in the feed. So if you like the quotes a lot, it's a great place to check them out. Um, And you guys can, you know, DM me if you have any questions. You can comment on pictures if you have any questions. And I try to make it motivational, but I definitely do not try to overload you guys with like content because I already know there's enough out there. Um, But I think it's a great way for you guys to get involved with the podcast and ask questions. So one of the uh, main questions I got, this one's like very specific though, 
and in a lot of them were about this. Are the upper level accounting classes like tax and cost built upon intermediate one and two? So it's not the same in the sense that you're because you're not really like doing journal entries in the other classes. Intermediate one and intermediate two is like really long problems and a lot of journal entries, I feel like. And it's understanding like the fundamental rules of accounting, like what you debit and what you credit and the financial statements in general helps a lot in the upper level classes. And you definitely use that. um, And that carries over for sure. Um, But I feel like a lot of that stuff you learn in your like introductory accounting class before you do intermediate one and two. So yes, those classes are built off of it, but it's not as similar as you would think it is. Because once you're done with intermediate one and intermediate two, you will feel a huge weight off your shoulders. When I realized I didn't have to take those, like anything like that again, I felt so much relief. So basically like tax is more like a law class because it's a lot about, um, you know, the code and, you know, basically just trying to help an individual save money on their taxes or help corporations save money on their taxes um so basically it's just like learning the loopholes in law and like uh figuring out the gray area so or in tax not in law and figuring out the gray area so that's that which is why i like tax so much honestly Uh, i like love that it's like law because i the one law class or no i've taken like two law related classes i've taken property law which i took when i had the real estate specialization And then I've taken law and econ, which I just took for fun last semester, as you guys know. And I absolutely, I didn't like the property law class just because it was like a three and a half, no, two and a half hour class, three hour class on Monday nights. So I hated it for that reason, but the actual material wasn't terrible. Um, And then I just like loved my law and econ class. So I just like really like law related stuff in general. Um, So I think that's why I like tax so much. And then cost accounting is a lot of like planning and calculations So if you like math, like that's like a really cost accounting I thought was like really fun. Like as long as I knew what was going on and I was doing my work for the class, I enjoyed it. Um, And it does have some journal entries, but you will never do as many journal entries as you did in intermediate one and two as you like you will never do that many again after you do those classes. So that's the only um, I feel like cost is the one that resembles intermediate one and two the most. But other than that, they're honestly all pretty different from intermediate one and two. So for resume tips, okay, so I'm so thankful because Alabama does such a good job at coaching you on your resume if you're an accounting major. We, all of us accounting majors are required to have a resume like in a certain format and all of our resumes get reviewed by the department head and other people um, that are involved in like the accounting, Culver House School of Accountancy here. And I know that like my friends that are accounting majors at other schools and stuff, Um, I've had them like ask me about my resume before so I'm like really thankful that my school like prioritizes the resumes because I think it helps us a lot as far as getting internships goes and going to like the meet the firms things and all of that sort and I honestly like I haven't really done much to my resume since uh, updating it after my internship sophomore year I've just updated little things here and there and um, yeah basically have your uh, major or majors if you have more than one your GPA, uh, the school you attend, your anticipated graduation date, your contact information, and your name up at the top. But the meat of your resume should be like divided into like two main sections and then like a third little section. So the two main sections, which I would go in this order too, have your work experience right underneath like all your contact information and like all of your personal information. And then have your um, leadership experience underneath that. 
and like label it on the margin on like the left work experience, leadership experience. And then um, the very bottom one, which is like like the smaller meat section, I guess you could say, is your honors and involvement, which is just basically where you put any like honors or awards you've gotten, like if you've made it on the dean's list or president's list or whatever, and then any organizations or clubs you may be a part of, like if you're in like a business fraternity or you're in a fraternity or sorority, something like that. And you can just list those on the bottom, like the name of the organization or club or whatever. And then for the work experience and leadership experience, put the most recent things first and kind of like go in that time order, like from most recent to least recent. And then for each uh, thing, put the um, position you held, like if you were a like tax intern or whatever, the company um, you were at or the program you were in, if it was like a leadership thing the location of the position and the dates you were in that position as like the heading for that specific thing. And then underneath that heading have three bullet points that powerfully summarize what you did or accomplished for that specific position or job or leadership role. Um, And then make sure they're like in the past tense. So like don't and don't use the word I. Oh my gosh, do not use I at all. Like do not use first person ever in a resume and just make sure it's like in past tense so like instead of saying like research or apply you would do researched and applied and those are going to be like your leading words for your bullet points put periods at the end of the bullet points I know that one's kind of like very that's very meticulous and that's something that not everyone does but I know we were like we had to do that and um yeah and with period and then for accounting majors definitely keep it black and white and plain and then for everyone, don't make it more than one page. Like if you're in marketing and stuff, you can make your resume cool. But for accounting and finance, they just really want to get straight to the point. We don't really like need any fluff or colors or pictures or anything like that. So that's kind of like my, I hope that you guys were able to visualize that. But basically like just keep your headings for the positions um, and then have the three details that like summarize what you did. That's like really important. Um, next question, do you think internships are key to getting a job? Absolutely. Um, having internships really provides you with connections and it gives you a head start with a company if you anticipate staying with them after your internship. Uh, ultimately, I mean, it provides you with experience so that, you know, other companies will want to hire you if they see that you've had experience elsewhere because no one's going to want to hire someone that doesn't have experience and it helps you decide what you want to do too. So it's beneficial for you um, in a lot of ways, really. And it helps you decide what you do and don't want in a job. Um, and maybe it'll help you decide against having a certain role even in a company. So next question is, how do you make yourself stand out as an applicant? So rather than, this is like a really important one. I remember being told this in high school and I just kind of carried it on to um, college. But rather than being involved in like a million different things, and spreading yourself thin and just kind of like having minimal involvement in a bunch of different things get like really involved in a few different things because it shows commitment and dedication and it doesn't look like you're just trying to add a ton of crap to your resume um so i think if, like for me uh, my leadership experience my main thing is the lift program which is something that like one of my professors actually started here for the community of tuscaloosa and it is uh, a program that provides uh, financial advice, um, not advice, I don't want to say financial advice, like I'm a financial advisor or anything, but basically just like financial literacy helps, um, people in the community learn how to, uh, use phones, computers, Excel, Word, PowerPoint, um, and it helps, there's like mentoring programs for teenagers, um, and, you know, teaching like accounting and stuff, 
like very surface level in high schools. It's really a great program and my teacher that started it, she's phenomenal and she does so much work in the community through this program and I was so involved, like I've been involved in it for majority of my time in college and I will be doing it this semester as well, but I haven't done it since fall of my junior year. Um, just because I took a little bit of a break once my classes got like super hard during the spring of my junior year and that was during recruiting season. So I knew it wouldn't be a good time for me to do it. But anyways, back to the point, I was super involved in that program and I have held different roles in that program. I have been both a volunteer and a class leader in that program, um, for different classes. So I've gotten super involved within that one program rather than just doing the bare minimum, and being a volunteer for like an easy class and only doing that for one semester and then doing a ton of different other things. So I really like that I've been really involved in that because I can talk, I like have a ton of different things I could talk about in regard to that one thing. Um, another important tip is uh, follow up after interviews. That will really make you stand out. Go to all the events the firm holds, like I said, or the company. Um, get to know students who have already interned at that place or will be interning there and, you know, just have them as a connection and have them to like kind of use to ask questions and stuff and keep a good GPA, stay on top of your classes. Um, the next question is like, I've got a lot of these questions. Are you planning to take the CPA exam? And like, what's my CPA plan? So if you guys don't know the CPA, you have to have 150 credit hours to take it. And I will be graduating with pretty well over that just because I double majored and I have the specialization and then I came in with like pretty much a year of college already done or a little over a year but anyways that's besides the point um I already have the 150 hours so a lot of times people will go to grad school for accounting and they'll uh, get their master's in accountancy so that they can get those 30 extra hours and sit for the CPA exam and take it while they are in those uh classes during their year of getting their master's for me, since I already have my 150 hours, I technically don't have to get my master's, but I would like to get it in tax if I do, just because from the people I have talked to at companies, um, they have said, if you know you're going into tax and um, your school has a program for tax, it is definitely beneficial. Um, so I kind of like I'm hinging onto that or hanging onto that. And I think that pretty much my plan right now, if I do go to grad school, I'll be getting my master's in tax and I'll sit and take the CPA throughout that year. Um, and that's what most students do. But since I have the 150 and I don't have to go to grad school, my other plan is to pretty much do my internship this summer, uh, start studying this summer once I graduate for the CPA. And I probably wouldn't do a ton of studying during that time, but I'd do what I can just because it's going to be really hard doing YouTube, having a podcast and interning and having a social life and seeing family, friends and my boyfriend and everything um doing all of that during the summer but I would plan on studying if I don't go to grad school I would try and okay this is all contingent on if I got a job with uh the person that I'm or not the person the company that I'm uh going to be an intern at and if I got a job with them and if it was something I like know I want to go into which that's something that I still don't know yet I would just request to not start until January of 2021 or around that time, um, just because I absolutely refuse to take the CPA and study for it while I'm working full-time. I'm not doing it. I know that I would crash and burn, and it will literally make me implode. Um, I know it won't be good for my mental and emotional, physical health, like, all of that, because I'm, like, being balancing that. Like, I would I would have to completely, like, stop doing YouTube for a period of time and podcasting, and I don't want to do that, and I'm, that's not me prioritizing that over the CPA, but there's plenty of people who don't want to do that while working full-time. Like, it's just, it's hard. Like, 
the exam's freaking hard and you have to put so many hours into studying for it and having to do that when you're already going to be working like 50 minimum hours a week I would say like that's just not feasible so I am holding it to myself that I will not like I may be taking one section at the beginning of when I start working if I have to sure if I'm having to retake a section or something but I'd like to just once I graduate start studying and then not do anything the rest of the like the whole year like all the way through December I would do nothing but study and do YouTube and I wouldn't be going to school I would just be studying and then starting working in January if I got a job and if I wanted to work there so that's my plan and I think I've said that before but saying it again um how to have and show confidence during an interview I think forcing yourself to believe that you're confident um can actually like take you pretty far and confidence is all about like really what you say to yourself and what you believe about yourself like obviously if you you can lie to yourself and say that you're not com- or say that you are confident and that may help you for that brief 30 minutes during an interview but I think you just inherently need to like be proud of yourself and believe in yourself like who's gonna believe in you if you don't believe in yourself you know what I mean like all every single one of us we like we may have things we're not proud of but I think at the core every single one of us should believe in ourselves if that makes sense so believing in yourself first and foremost um and being confident that you can get the job before you step foot in the room makes a world of a difference um and actually being proud of yourself and what you've accomplished and like knowing what is on your resume like the back of your hand not necessarily memorizing every single little bullet point you have on there but being able to answer questions and talk about the things that are on your resume like um and not like being a robot about it like being able to have a conversation about the things on your resume is just like really important and smiling helps a lot too I feel like I'm a lot more confident when I'm like smiling as I'm answering if that makes sense and I'm not just like robot face which I feel like I am most of the time um but don't overdo the smiling because it can be creepy so (laughs) keep it minimal but I think that um having and showing confidence has a lot to do with like how you enter the room how you exit the room and how you present yourself in your interview if that makes sense um the next question is hardest accounting class and most interesting hardest was by far intermediate two and I say that for a number of reasons. One, because my teacher was like seven months pregnant when the class started. So right after our first test, she um, went on maternity leave. And every single section of her classes had a different professor covering. So like all of us were learning from d- different people instead of the same professor. But we were all still taking her tests. So it was like a nightmare. And I was just like, how did this even happen? Um, I didn't even go to my class anymore once she was gone. She was such an incredible teacher and it really kills me that I didn't get to have her for the whole semester because I feel like I'm going to really struggle when studying for FAR for the CPA because of just the nightmare that was my intermediate two class. But she was such a good teacher because we would literally just work problems the entire class and we would like thoroughly work like really long, big, nasty problems during class. Like we would literally only get through one or two problems every single class period because that's just how intense they were. So it was great because I feel like I learn a lot when I learn that way. If I try the problem myself before going into class and then when I'm in class, we all work the problem together. I see what I did wrong and I can correct over what I already did, if that makes sense. But then the person that was covering my section of this class, which I know the department head got like a lot of hell for this whole situation from a couple people like that are accounting students. Like I just let it go and I was like, it is what it is. I can't do anything about it. But some people were like, fighting about their grades that they got because of this whole situation but um the person who was covering my class all they did was like just talk and they didn't write a single thing on the board and we didn't work a single problem they would just like 
talk through problems without writing anything down and just talk about the material like a lecture and I was like no like this is not how you learn like intermediate and I was like I'm not coming to class anymore um so I just stopped going to class and I just taught myself the rest of it and it was just really hard and the material in and of itself was really hard honestly because it was just like insane most interesting was probably um it's probably my tax class that I'm in right now corporate tax and then individual tax I really liked individual tax because I learned a lot about doing my taxes right now I just do them through TurboTax but I honestly want to get an accountant to do mine which I know makes no sense since I'm majoring in accounting but I'm literally not a CPA yet so calm down but um I kind of like want someone to do my taxes because they're so complicated being self-employed um through YouTube and I it's a lot of work for me to do them myself um just because of everything I have going on so just to like get that off my plate um I'm definitely going to have that as something I do for next year for sure but anyways, um, my tax classes I thought were super interesting just because of my probably my professors, honestly. Like my professor that I have right now for corporate tax is amazing. I've had her once before for my intro accounting class, which she is the reason why I kind of majored in accounting partially. So um, probably my tax classes and then my government and nonprofit class. I just thought they were very different than accounting. Like I feel like I'm not in an accounting class in those classes just because except for government and nonprofit because it's definitely accounting, but it's so different than like everything else. And I just liked having something different. Um, next question is, are you scared about not knowing what to do as an intern? Um, I mean, obviously I have nerves like as anyone would, but I'm not scared because all interns should like for anything go in, uh, knowing that like no one expects you to know anything. Like they expect you to like pretty much just be like a baby that knows nothing. (laughs) Um, so much of what we learn in school anyway is hardly applicable because a lot of uh, the stuff that we have to know is stuff that we learn on the job that we learn by doing, especially like the programs that um, the company and firm uses and the software they use. A lot of it's dependent on that. And so much of what we learn as accounting majors is now computerized. So it's just really different. Like I've, I've literally had people tell me that like 80% of what I've learned in my time in college, I'm not going to use in my career as an accountant and I was like oh great but um it still I don't want to say that like you should just go in and like not know anything but it is important to be prepared and know how to like work things such as like excel which I need to start like reworking on and like retraining myself on because I have not touched excel since my internship after my sophomore year I feel like um or you know what no fall of my junior year I did have a class that was a lot of excel work but I feel like it's been so long but it's really just been a little over a year so I just want to re-familiarize myself and get very like efficient and proficient in it because I know that's something that was communicated in my interview that I need to know how to work very well so um studying tips for accounting don't cram it uh spreading it out and doing like a little bit of work for it I don't want to say every day because I definitely don't do it every day but I would say like five days out of the week I'm like doing something related to it sometimes four just depends on the week Um, But it's a lot better if you spread it out just because uh, it's too much to like cram into a short period of time. And then just like work problems until you understand them, not until you have them memorized. It's really tempting to just like rework the same problems over and over again until you like get it right. But then you pretty much like just memorize the process for one particular problem and you don't actually know what you're doing, if that makes sense. So uh, yeah, and using flashcards is really helpful and have study buddies teach each other the material. I felt like my, whenever I had classes that I had a friend in, which is most of the time in accounting, um, we would like study together and we would teach each other the material. And I feel like teaching is like seriously like the best way to like truly like know and master material for sure. 
Um, least favorite interview question, <laughs> probably tell me about yourself, which the only reason I hate this one is just because it's like vague and I never really know if I'm saying too much or too little as my answer because some people want to know like your actual hobbies and interests and just giving your pitch isn't enough, but then other times people just really want to hear your pitch. So I usually just use that question as my opportunity to give my pitch and then I give um, a little something extra such as like why I want to do tax or why I chose to major in accounting. Um, so I have that question down, but I just like always feel like I, I always know the interview is going to start out with it and I always know that like, or I, I never really know what they truly are asking for, if that makes sense. Least, <clears throat> why did you choose tax? Uh, I chose tax because it's learning and applying law and basically just like finding ways for people to save money. And like my corporate tax professor always says like, tax people are the biggest procrastinators and that's so true because you're constantly trying to figure out like ways to like not pay taxes or like pay them later or like not have someone pay taxes until they die or whatever just saving them money basically I probably just worded that so wrong I'm so brain dead right now from talking about all this but I honestly just hated my audit class because it was so boring to me and with tax you're doing research and application which is like a process I've always enjoyed like I've always loved researching things you guys know that like I say all the time that I research products so insanely thoroughly before I buy them like I just always do research I'm always looking things up I look up menus before I go to restaurants it's like in my nature so I just kind of like tax for that reason because it is research and I enjoy research to be honest of course tax research is not that enticing or fun but it's a process that keeps me busy it is something challenging um and you are kind of like working towards a concrete answer like working your way through gray area which I liked about tax I guess so that's like a really strange explanation of why I like it and why I chose it. But that's that. Mainly, especially, I really hated my audit class. Like, and I just knew that it was not for me. Um, so that's everything for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. I'm sorry it was so long. I hope you guys um, got a lot out of this. Let me know if you did, please. I like love to hear like things that like really helped you or things you guys are going through. And I wish all of you luck who are going through interview processes or um, job searches right now or anything of the like and I hope you guys follow the Instagram account join the Facebook group just search Gen Z girl podcast on Facebook click on the group and then answer the few I have like three super simple questions to answer just to make sure you're not a little bot or anything and um, just join the Facebook group because it's a great time and I love all of you guys so much thank you for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week bye